Welcome to Y11 Audio. My name is Alex Alvarado, and thank you for listening. This is Ipsy11.com's official podcast. Last night was Eastern Michigan's second game of the season. Started out, I, I don't want to say hot, started out playing pretty well, started out playing as the better team, but it eventually folded after an hour-long weather delay and a four-minute halftime for Louisiana, the hosting team, to storm back, score one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight touchdowns and win the game 49 to 21. I know when I wrote, if you're a subscriber of uh, Ipsy 11, the newsletter, thank you. Uh, thank you for your support. I know I made a boofoo. I published it at one something early o'clock in the morning that Eastern lost 42 to 21. Uh, forgot to record the last touchdown that Louisiana had because I had already started writing and getting all my other stuff together, uh, you know, without really paying too much attention to the latter half because it just got really, really ugly. That was a a disappointing end, a very disappointing second half. I, and it's, you know, it's bad to say like, oh, it was a bad end to the game because that would imply that Eastern hung around for 55 minutes and then just like something happened in the end to them against themselves, whatever the case may be, you know, just the waning minutes of the game were just like the ones that were suboptimal for the team. That wasn't really the case. It was a long stretch. I just said seven straight touchdowns. Did you not hear me? Seven straight touchdowns. None of these drives, except for the last one, reached even eight plays long. Uh, These touchdown drives were two plays, seven plays, seven plays, six, seven, five, eight. It didn't take long for Louisiana to, you know, just figure out its stuff, turn around, and defend the den like it should at home. They had the home field advantage, plus it's hard to really, like, even when all the fans go home, even when all the fans are like, oh, man, lightning's in the area, we have no idea if, you know, we're going to be able to enjoy the rest of this game. There were two of them, so... With each lightning strike, it was like a 30-minute delay. So they couldn't play for an hour, so a lot of people went home. The attendance drizzles. It happens. That's that's just you know the nature of the beast in this game. And you figure that's a good opportunity for EMU to, you know, with the lead, just cake it on. Just cake it on and do well. And they did. Like, right after the weather delay, they finished up their drive. They scored again. Looking good. All right, heading into uh, an abbreviated halftime. And it just wasn't the same. It just was not the same. 49-21 was the final score. Let me talk about the game chronologically, too. Throw in a little bit of notes, and then we'll finish this up with five big takeaways. Before we do all that, I want to take a quick look at the rest of the league, the rest of the MAC, and see how uh, the league did. Because week two was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week for football. Wonderful week for college football. Officially a blood week. Thank you, Jason Kirk, from uh, the Shutdown Fullcast for making that official. If you don't follow that account, is it blood week? You, you need to do it now because that's that's the only thing it tweets. It lets you know whether or not it's it's blood week. I set my uh, you know I set my pings up to make sure that I don't miss its first tweet, which it did. It finally tweeted out after it was created that we saw a blood week if we were watching all of college football. Alabama, its soul is destroyed. They didn't lose the game at number one, 
to Texas, but they did lose the game. They lost the game in the minds of the general public, of course, if you watch the game. Number six, Texas A&M. They lost to uh, Appalachian State. Who else but them? Marshall of the Thundering Herd, you know, our our favorite not MAC team, but still a MAC team in my heart. Marshall, they beat Notre Dame, something Toledo could have done but didn't. There were a lot of good games. Nebraska, Nebraska lost. Shout out to uh, former Buffalo quarterback Kyle Vantries, who's leading Georgia Southern. After that, that that's when Blood Week officially became real. My God, it's 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 very funny. Just like Scott Frost is defined by all these one score games, and that ruins his career. And Eastern Michigan also had a six game losing streak. Nebraska's is like much longer, but. <laughs> EMU under Creighton in like 2017, they found six straight one possession losses, which was painful. Different story for the coach, though. I mean, that, that that definitely helped this coach's credibility rather than Scott Frost, who's on a much bigger stage and different, 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 different program from Nebraska to Eastern Michigan. So, so, so vastly different. Ruins his career. Ruins his career. In the MAC, though, let's see. How much blood could the MAC spill this week? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Uh, actually, blood was spilled against them more than anything. Uh, there were two games where the FCS schools beat the MAC. Yeah, how about that? Buffalo, you lost to Holy Cross 37-31. to Where's the other one? Bowling Green, the one that we were talking about. That's the one that a lot of sickos got really, really interested in because it got to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 overtimes because the overtime rules suck. <laughs> it sucks. It really, really sucks. The sudden death 2 point. You know, ping-ponging back and forth. I don't like it. It's just so much time spent, like, coaches making sure they have the right play from the three-yard line. It's just, it's so not exciting to watch. I'd rather watch a full series of football, just four straight downs from the 15 or whatever. That I'm not, I'm not proposing that. I would never, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not proposing that because I don't really, I don't like the college overtime now that I've uh, grown up to be, uh, a crusty thirty-year-old. I don't really love the overtimes like I did when I was uh, a young, a young boy. But yeah, these these new overtime rules are just garbage. I don't care that we get to see two teams slap it out so much longer than anybody thinks is necessary for because it's just it's not worth it. Because these overtime games that we're getting, these mega overtime games, it's between Eastern Kentucky and Bowling Green. It's between. What was it? Penn State and Illinois last year? That was the crap one? That was garbage. That was garbage. We don't need that. I'm not... I do love, quote-unquote, bad football. I do, you know, get a little enjoyment out of it when that when that stuff happens. But, like, I'm not advocating for more of it. All right? If I was advocating for more of it, I would go to Wayne State and watch a D2 game. You know? Not to, not to say mean about former national champions, Wayne State, but the talent's clearly up at the top. And the further down you go, you get games that are kind of in the middle, muddied up like this, just like really bad if you're better. And then you get these shitty fucking overtime games that last two hours longer than necessary. Let's get these guys home. They, they don't need to play more football. They don't need to. This isn't even football. It's just like crap, sudden death that's like built on the foundation of loving seven on sevens. It's dumb. I don't like it. Tulsa. You beat NIU, the MAC champions. MAC, 
Eric Mack. NIU, what you doing, guys? Uh, 38 to 35. Toledo, you guys won at home over UMass, 55 to 10. Uh, future Eastern opponent there. Miami, you handled a you handled Robert Morris, the FCS school. Uh, thank God there weren't two F or, or not two, but three upsets there. Central, haha. Uh, you guys lost at home to South Alabama, led by former Toledo quarterback Carter Bradley. Lots of Mac connects, man. I love this, man. This is a this is a good episode for that. Just like the farther out you go, it always just comes back home. Um, South Alabama won 38 to 24 in Mount Pleasant. Penn State 46. Ohio 10. Couldn't do the same thing from 10 years ago. Oh, well, say that be. Michigan State wiped the 52 nothing over Akron. Uh, Oklahoma State 33. Kent State 3. That was very nice of you. Louisiana 49. EMU. Eastern got the ball first, and they they did well. And that was like a point of emphasis for EMU this week was to start strong because if you watch the EKU game, EKU started out on offense. They drove downfield and was bailed out by a Blake Bogan interception in the end zone. A throw that shouldn't have been made and a throw that you really shouldn't like bank on and be like, yeah, I, I feel optimistic about the defense's you know future. Yes, they took advantage of a bad situation, but also that's a bad situation that EMU never had to be in because it was a very awful pressure point in that game. But still, on the scoreboard, Eastern was uh, Eastern held EKU to a goose egg on that drive, uh, which later on ended up being a big difference maker in the game. Again, mostly because of an EKU uh, poor play. So that was the way it opened on defense. And on offense, it sputtered for only two yards on its first six plays, six plays, um, two straight three and outs, especially at home when you're just you know, you're just anxious. You just want to get this damn season going. You want to go out there. You want to fling it around. You want to have fun with your buddies. Got to make the plays first, though. That's the first one. You know, you just the other the other team wants to play football too. Like they 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 want to do it too. So, uh, Eastern they did not start out well in that game. So they wanted to change the course heading into Louisiana because you know when you're on the road, you know you're the dog like that. Double-digit underdogs. I think Louisiana opened as like 11, 11 point, 11 and a half point favorites. You know, Eastern knows they have to start out on top and stay on top. And I thought the way the game opened was exactly the way EMU scripted it. 13 play first drive. Very, very solid. You know, just consistent. There were, there were some plays where... Louisiana was able to help out EMU though. And that's where we kind of started to see some of the other start other stuff kind of slip in where EMU's benefiting off of, you know, mistakes that the other team does. And sure it's starting to capitalize a little bit, but it has to go above and beyond that. So what I mean by that is there was one play in the middle of the drive, you know, EMU's already gained, you know, first down, a couple of them maybe. Dimitri Douglas uh snaps the ball because he can bait out a uh, an offsides by the defense and gets it. And it moves EMU up five yards, so it's first and five. A couple plays later, stalls out, but it's at third and two, and Samson Evans converts that third down with a short run. Had that been from the first from first and ten, probably looking at a punt, or we're looking at a much, much different play call on that third down. And who knows what that would have been. Uh, could have been incomplete, could have been an interception. 
Lord knows Taylor Powell threw three of them in that game, so it is uh, a high possibility that it could happen there. So EMU benefits. They get the conver- they get the conversion there. Uh, they drive downfield and they score. It was fourth down by the time they got to the Louisiana three. You know, fourth and goal there. Uh, while lined up out of the Wildcat, Samson Evans takes a direct snap, takes a couple fake snaps, fake snaps, fake steps, jumps up, finds wide open Aaron Jackson in the end zone for his first career touchdown. Good shout out to him, man. You've heard me say good things about Aaron Jackson before. And it was kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, those two guys lining up in the Wildcat, making that kind of play. Neither of them are playing the position that, well, I mean, more so Samson Evans kind of is. But they were both quarterbacks in high school. They both led their teams to have a lot of good success. Samson Evans, I think he won state state championship. Aaron Jackson was with Cast Tech, so you know they did really, really well for themselves. So, yeah, it was very, very cool to see. Louisiana was forced to punt one, two, three, four straight times in that half. It was great. Um, Eastern, they they stalled out a little bit. They had some problems. Louisiana's defense was just really, really good, man. They they played really hard. They did not make, you know, there were some easy completions for Taylor Powell to make. Uh, he, he was asked to throw the ball a lot. Uh, but Louisiana, they forced... EMU to be more one-dimensional. They forced Taylor to throw the ball in the air. They forced Taylor to get some interceptions done because Louisiana knew if it could just stop the run, which it did, then EMU would have to be that one-dimensional. Use its running backs to uh, throw a touchdown. And then after a weather delay, there were like three, there was like three minutes left in the game, in the, not in the game, in the half. There were three minutes left in the half. Weather delay happens, so pause the game for an hour. Come back. EMU storms downfield. Tanner Canoe, he catches a touchdown. Looks really good. And that was that was a strong play. It was third and 20. You know, there was 12 seconds before halftime. EMU was out of timeouts. The broadcast booth, I was listening to Eastern's broadcast booth, they were considering, well, you know, maybe, maybe you should kick it, you know, because the only play you can do right now is just throw it deep down the sidelines and hopefully the receiver comes down with it. Worst case scenario, you overshoot him, and you make it go out of bounds, waste a few seconds, but bring up fourth down, kick the field goal, and be up 10-0 before halftime. That seems like an okay idea. Guys were thinking about doing it on third down with just 12 seconds to go and just kind of getting it there. Maybe a pass is too risky. Nope, pass wasn't too risky because it was great. Uh, Tanner Canoe caught it his eighth of his career. Louisiana got the ball to start the second half. Uh, didn't go anywhere. Punted again. So Eastern, you know, starting to look good through halftime. Uh, they they punt back as well. But when they punt back, they're punting. EMU's punting out of its own end zone, essentially. And the receiver, the returner, he makes a good play on it. Returns it for about 21 yards. He only caught it at midfield, too. So uh, any return is pretty dangerous at that point. Even if it's five yards, it's a big return. But he brings it out close to the end zone, or close to the red zone, I should say. Mitch Tomasek, uh, the freshman who was like an all-Mac kicker last week, kicker of the week of the West, whatever, punter of the week of the West, whatever, special teams player of the West, whatever. Mitch Tomasek, he makes his own tackle, uh, gets the guy. Louisiana starts the ball on the 27-yard line, takes two, you know one, two steps, scores, 
touchdown on that drive. Uh, EMU on the next drive. Taylor Polichai throwing it, you know, from the from the right hashes to the far left side of the field to Darius Laster, who's closer to the sidelines there. Uh, do, doesn't come back to the pass. It's on a rope, but it's not like, it's not like the fastest thing in the world. So good, good, good opportunity that the Louisiana defender made a break on. Intercepted Powell's pass, make it look super easy. And so Louisiana takes back over on the 32-yard line. Seven plays later, only three minutes, another touchdown. And this is a drive where Eastern helped Louisiana out with, you know, penalties of their own. Um, on the third down, Jose Ramirez got called on a horse collar penalty from behind. That didn't look good. First and goal, second and goal. They go out to a pass play. Young defensive end Carter Evans, uh, he get, he gets called for holding on the play. So Louisiana gets a new set of downs. It was already second and goal. Now it's first and goal again. Uh, they punch it in two plays later. Just that's just brutal stuff. Uh, Eastern, it's tied up at fourteen apiece. But Eastern, they respond, force the force the ball downfield by doing the uh, the all DPI offense, which is where you throw it deep and you force the cornerback to. Uh, make a play on the receiver, get flagged for it, and you get the yards out of the penalty. It's a very, very good piece of college offensing. You should just learn it. Um, you don't you don't need to write a dysentery about it. You just send a good, big, tall receiver who's already done a, you know, shown some ability. Tell him to go there, throw it wildly, and just see what happens with the collision course. That's all there is to it. There's no like, no extra brain work involved there. It just helps out a lot. They start at the 18. They drive downfield. Uh, Darius Lasseter, who was the DPI target in the first play of the drive, gets a 44-yarder. He's wide open. Powell underthrew him. If he would have caught him in stride, that would have been an easy, squeezy touchdown. Uh, but Lasseter, he had to hold up. He had to kind of cradle it in, make sure he caught it, kind of like a punt, and turn around, try to make a score. But uh, he was slowed down enough to where Darius Lasseter had – had to lose his stride, catch it flat-footed, and then get going again. He was caught from behind, stopped at the one. Darius Boone, he punched it in on the next play out of the Wildcat. So good for him to score his ninth career touchdown. Now ULL has the ball again on its own 25. The last two touchdown drives, EMU just helped them out by giving them the ball on the 27 and on the 32. What does it do this time? It drives to the 36, to Eastern's 36, that is. And then the quarterback bombs a 36-yard touchdown. The backup quarterback, which Louisiana, like I said, they didn't have a great quarterback situation coming into this game. They didn't totally trust number 18. And number 10 looks pretty good, but who knows? You know, he's not great either. Uh, you know, who, who, who's got the better hand here? At this point, it seemed like the backup number 10 would be the guy to just take over from number 18 and just be like, I got it from here, homie. But... They still flip back and forth after this drive. So I thought, you know, since Louisiana wasn't going to get it right, even though the answer just happened right in front of them, they're still going to make a quarterback switch. I thought Eastern was going to be able to come back and, you know, get some pressure on the quarterback and force him into some errors and just retake the lead. Because at this point, you got to know, like, Eastern, they're playing well. Like, they knew if the game is reduced to making plays – and it can just, you know, avoid the mistakes and the penalties and the mental errors. If you can just leave the dumb stuff out of it, 
and stick to the playing football parts, you're probably going to win the battle. Like, Eastern was playing very, very well for a half-plus, and it took a very long time for Louisiana to get back into this thing, and it just saw that it knew that it can drive downfield, even with Louisiana tying it back up. We can get back in this thing. Just stay efficient on offense. Just don't be stupid. Three and out, interception, fumble, interception slash turnover on downs because they have to on fourth down. doesn't really matter. And then fumble. Uh, Louisiana, they just kept scoring touchdown, 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 and end of game. You know, EMU just started to play, looked less confident out there. They were just throwing some incompletions. The run game, it just wasn't really getting anywhere. Eastern wasn't really going after the run either. Um let me let me look at the let me look at the box score really quickly. Let me tell you how many rush yards they had. It didn't help that Taylor Powell he got sacked four times in this game, and every time they got sacked or every time Eastern had a you know was tackled for a loss, it just seemed to just end the drive there and just end all momentum. Like there was just no coming back. There was no like all right, let's get this next one. You know there wasn't you know yeah I know they they scored on that third and twenty, and yes they moved the ball downfield after starting one drive. On a first and 18. But it was not very consistent. It was not a very consistent effort. Especially in the second half when things got way out of hand. And when Eastern knew that, all right, now we actually have to like, you know, we're playing behind. When Eastern's playing up, they're they're doing okay. But they didn't keep playing up. They didn't keep playing up. They didn't keep the ball on the ground. And they didn't have efficiency when they ran the ball. So it was a myriad of issues. But... The total net yards, and again, this is going to include, uh, you know, 25 yards lost out of Taylor Powell's sacks. So, uh, but the net yardage for EMU in the in the ground game was 43 yards on 23 official carries. And again, that's, that's including four sacks. I'm not going to do the math and weed that out. If the run game was good enough, it would, you know, it would offset. Jalen Jackson, he only had 43 yards. Samson Evans, he had 19. Uh, yeah, just just not a great game. Just not a great game out of the running backs. Um, though I did think Jalen Jackson, he had, a, he had a fun performance. Okay, back to the end of the game, though. EMU punted. Then another interception. It was thrown into Darius Lasseter's way. It was just, you know, just not not a great throw. Just not a great opportunity for Lasseter to try to make a catch in the first place uh, just shouldn't have been thrown the th- uh, third interception again it was on fourth down so it was kind of turnover on downs anyways it shouldn't have been thrown shouldn't have been thrown to Gunnar Oaks like that he was well covered too wasn't a well-placed ball either so if he was going to try to make it, it wasn't in a good spot for Oaks to uh to make the grab but you know Ball was swatted up in the air, bounced around, caught on the fumbles. One of them, it was a it was a completion to Hassan Badoon, who he really was never open or really like got many targets in the past game if he was working downfield. All of his game were like was just on the sweeps. And even then, I think Louisiana did an okay job of trying to defend that and limit Hassan there, but caught one pass, was trying to go for you know, for a, a big gain, but tried to juke out 
a pile of defenders, and by a pile, I mean four guys. One dude came up from behind and punched the ball out, and it just just spoiled a drive right there. You know, even even with my pessimism, I didn't think that they were going to do well on that drive, but they 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 could have done something there. They it could have at least ended in a field goal or with a little bit more confidence on Eastern side. At that point, it was already thirty-five to twenty-one. You know the rest. Louisiana scored that drive and the next one to put it away. Oh, yeah, and the, the second fumble, it was in garbage time. Uh, Jalen Jackson, he just just dropped it when he ran it. There's, it was too late in the game, and I'm not going to concentrate too much time on that because it was just whatever. Emotions are shot. Let's just get on the bus. You know, backup quarterback's in. He's just getting some reps. Let's, let's get out of here. So I have five takeaways on this game, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, number one, confidence really, really, really matters in football. Confidence matters so much. It matters in everything we do. If you don't have confidence that you're going to drive your car well, you're going to crash into the street sign down the street. If you don't have confidence that you're going to cook a great dish, you're going to eat a pile of poo. If you don't have confidence that you can throw the ball downfield, if you don't have confidence that you can block a guy who is 270 pounds and can spin and can juke and can punch you in the chin and will give you a big howie, if you don't have confidence that you can guard against them or play football against the guys in front of you, you're not going to do well. You're just not going to do well. Um, a lot of it has to do with attitude. A lot of it has to do with ability. But like I said, a lot of it has to do with attitude. Eastern does a good job of playing in good spirits. Eastern does a good job of being coached into that. I think one of the biggest things that Creighton's done a good job of is getting his guys ready for game day. He does a lot of creative things to get his team, you know, loving the sport and loving the team that they're playing on and staying around. And that's evidenced by, you know, the off season of just not having too many guys like bounce out via transfer portal and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of non-football things that go into it to let you know that EMU's in a happy place with its roster and they all love playing there, and they all want to play for each other. And that matters when confidence comes into the mix. But EMU, they start out confident. They you know, they came in saying, we're not going to look exactly like we did against EKU. We're going to come out differently. And they confidently did. They you know, they carried that, the good vibes from offense through special teams and onto defense and got off to a good start. You know, when you're watching the game, when did Eastern look confident? When they were up. When did they not? When things started to turn, who looked confident in that point? The other team. Two and three are going to play off number one. How do you gain confidence? You get in great field position, you score a touchdown. And this has been evident the last couple of weeks. After Eastern had its first two three and outs against Eastern Kentucky, how did Eastern start gaining some confidence and turning things around offensively with points on the board, yards, good plays, uh, quality second half, and playing with efficiency down the stretch, even with the team clicking at your heels. You got in good field position, and you scored a touchdown. They got to the 50, and they scored a touchdown. They got across the 50, and they scored another one. You know, they had great drives because they had great field position. It doesn't matter where you start out with, as long as you get in the end zone. So help yourself out, please. Uh, number three, how do you lose confidence? Letting the other team do it. You let the other team do it. What happened with Louisiana? They got two drives started 
great field position, 27, 32 yards out. You have to score two touchdowns there. You absolutely must. And they did. And so you can look at that situation from the outside and be like, okay, okay, okay. I see, yes, they scored two points to tie it up, yes. But I also see that Eastern just has to clean up and play better and stay away from those bad situations. Uh, number three, how do you lose confidence? You let the other team do it. You let the other team do it. You let the other team have the good field position, start on the 27, start on the 32, and score two touchdowns. Now, you can look at that in real time and be like, okay, okay, okay. Louisiana did exactly what Eastern Michigan did last week. So, because we know how to benefit from it, let's, you know, let's cut the head off this snake. Let's let's not let Louisiana have the confidence that it thinks it has. Let's not... Let's let it think that, hey, we found some free lunch money on the ground. Well, good. You found free lunch money on the ground. Congratulations. Eat your Lunchables. But you're not going to have dinner and you're not going to have dessert. And that's not what ended up happening. Louisiana kept things rolling. Eastern lost its confidence. And then things just kind of spiraled out of control. Yes, Eastern did end up tying the score with 21-21, but... Hey, Louisiana, they saw themselves getting better and they were starting to play up to it. And Eastern noticed that they weren't playing ahead and they started playing behind. And they were just overall just not playing overall like a confident program. Uh, number four, Taylor Powell. Just not a good day. Just not a good day. <sighs> not a good day. Like I said, Louisiana's defense figured out how to make Eastern Michigan a one-dimensional team, you know. I like the way Eastern opened up. Uh, if you read my previews, you would see that I wanted Eastern's running backs, Jalen Jackson specifically, to get a little bit more involved in the game offensively, especially you know early down, you know early in the game, and and they did. They threw him the ball. They let him uh, line up as the fifth receiver in an empty backfield uh, setup. They threw him the ball. Ran hurry up offense. Let him take the take the handoff and get some first downs too, uh, but he didn't put, do that a lot. You know, he only had six carries uh, for forty three yards. Samson Evans, ten carries for nineteen yards. Just not not a great day for him. So with Eastern's running backs just kind of out of the equation, and the screen games were kind of limited, and the sweeps were not tremendous for Hassan. And they really took Hassan out of it. I mean, five catches, 44 yards, decent, but not a great day. Um, and again, those were all like, you know, those, you're sweeping here. I'm just going to toss it right here. Not a real, like, overhead throw. Powell, 32 of 51, one touchdown to Tanner Canoe, three interceptions, ugh, uh, 320 yards, was sacked four times. And like I said, every time he was sacked, it just felt like, it was a drive killer. It just felt like he was. it was a drive killer every time, um, you know, there was some pressure on him. And there was a lot of pressure on him. They put a lot of pressure on that guy. Um, not looking at the full stats here because the, uh, yeah, I don't, I, it just wasn't filled out onto the official stat sheet that was handed out um, or emailed to me. wasn't really handed out, wasn't printed to me, but it wouldn't be printed either. I digress. All the defensive stats kind of like cut off to a point and there's more hidden underneath in this PDF, but it is what it is. Still, 
Louisiana's defense got after it. They got after Powell. They forced fumbles. They had multiple guys get into the backfield, make sacks, tackles for loss. Um, quarterback hurries, multiple guys with different quarterback hurries. So it's a lot of different guys got after it and made Powell's life harder. And when he was throwing into windows, they were well covered too. Like credit to Louisiana's defensive backs for making Powell's Powell's life, you know, a living hell downfield and throw, making him throw everything perfect. Everything had to be perfect and not everything was perfect. And last the defense wanted to show up more. The 12 of 18, third, third down rate that it allowed last week was just, just not good. Just not good. And the fact that there was only one tackle for loss and it was Jordan Crawford's first career sack, uh, good for him. But overall for the team, just that's just not what you wanted to see. You need to get more after it. You need to make more plays back there. Louisiana on third downs was 7 of 12. Eastern's defense had no sacks, three total tackles for loss, and three total quarterback hurries. Some pressure, but not enough, especially with you know, the quarterbacks that they were rolling out there. If you would have got more pressure on them, maybe they wouldn't have had so many big plays. They wouldn't have had you know, the 27-yard touchdown pass, the 36-yard one, the one right at the goal line. This was a game that Louisiana almost gave to Eastern Michigan, too. There were a lot of penalties in this one, but then Eastern Michigan, I'm, I'm kind of sneaking in another one. Eastern responded with just as many penalties. Both teams had at least 10 penalties for like 100-some yards. Uh, it was just not good, and it looked for a while that the penalties were going to stack up more against Louisiana than they would EMU, but that just was not the case. What ended up happening was Eastern had the confidence, and then they they just bailed. They just bailed on it. And they didn't stack on top of the opportunities like the team preaches that it wants to be. Instead, it let Louisiana run away with the game on the road. And not that I'm surprised that Louisiana did that because I knew that if it turned into a second half shootout and if it turned into a situation where the home team could find an edge in Louisiana, it absolutely would. And it would just be a lot. So Eastern had to start strong. And it, it did okay. It scored seven points in the first, second, and third quarters. But what's that going to do when Louisiana scores 21 in the third and then 28 in the fourth? Eastern has to score a lot. It's got some good players, and it's got some good ideas on how to use them. But the execution was just not there. The execution was just not consistent Saturday night at Louisiana. And so now, you know, they're going to have to decompress. They're going to have to learn from this. They're going to have to, you know, watch film and then take it to field. And then we're going to have to go from Tuesday to Saturday again. Uh, but until then, Eastern's got to gotta prepare for Arizona State, too. And that's going to be, uh, I don't know, is that going to be fun? I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard to predict, you know. This is a game where Eastern, I thought, I thought the EKU game gave EMU a really good shot at preparing for its run at a MacWest title. I thought that was a good indicator of what to expect out of, you know, general Mac competition, especially early on with experienced players and all that stuff that it had, right? 
Louisiana, hey, same deal. If EMU wants to improve its standing in the G5 football ranks, this is a game that has to be has to be won or competitive. Honestly, it has to be won. Even if Louisiana would have won like 28 to 27 or something like that, 15 years from now, Louisiana won that game. Eastern Michigan needed to come down and win. They needed to come down and win and surprise some folks. Surprise Ed Orgeron, who was in who was in attendance. Hey oh. Hey oh. <laughs> Is that what they said to him? Hey oh. Hey oh. It was a spoiled opportunity and it sucked. And it could have been great. And it would have been a great opportunity for the Mac to have one really good win to speak of. Um oh I didn't even mention Western Beatball State in Mac competition. Just probably should have said that. Uh whatever. You know I said that. Eastern needed to be the team that was beneficial for the Mac, and it just wasn't. It looked like it was going to be. It looked like, hey, 14 nothing. we're going to salvage the Mac's weekend. You know, it's blood week, and we're going to celebrate because at least a couple teams won. At least Toledo won. At least Eastern would have won. At least Western won its Mac game, but, you know, it was interconference. Someone's going to win. It just didn't end up being the case. And I don't know. I after the game, so again the power outage happened with the with the lightning delay. So I couldn't really join a Zoom call like I would have to ask the coach questions, ask Coach Creighton questions about you know what happened, this that, and the other through your eyes. Instead, a statement was released through the school, and he said, and it's hard because you can't take those. You know, he's talking about the turnovers. Uh, you can't take those away. You can't take those back if it's a tur- zero zero. You know, turnover, takeaway situation. It's probably a fun locker room right now, but we'll never know. And I and I agree with that. I actually, I absolutely do agree with that. If this was a turnover-less game, if this was a game where, you know, drives are being built off of clean football and it's just being, you know, being reduced down to players making plays and not mistakes, then this is probably a closer game and maybe a better game for Eastern in the end. Maybe a lot better with a winning score. Then Creighton said, we came into this saying we had to be physical. We had to play harder than them. We had to take care of the ball and take the ball away. I feel really good about the first two, but it's the second two that it's the worst it's ever been. 